It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. Uh, We are rapidly uh, advancing through a week that has got a ton of pro days. Uh, it's got a good Friday at the end, uh, so yep. uh, we're, we're happy. Yeah. We're ready again to rejoin and talk some more Cowboys football with you. Yeah, so just full transparency here. We're doing this podcast on Tuesday as the Alabama in the Ohio State Pro Days uh, are going on. I saw Mike McCarthy was at the Ohio State Pro Day. Uh, we'll talk about this one tomorrow as some of the numbers come out and we get some official times. Uh, Landon, we happen to know a couple of players that the Cowboys like from the Ohio State side of things. So we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show once we get some, some better numbers. Yep. Today, though, we're going to be answering your Twitter questions, and we've got a ton of them. And I'm excited to get to them. And this is a, a really good one uh, by Mike Burke to start. Uh, he wants to know, is it a better strategy to build an unstoppable offense like the Cowboys maybe have or at least have the pieces to do? and solidify the defense or solidify the offense and try to drastically upgrade the defense, which one gets us closer to the Super Bowl? Uh, I've been seeing this this conversation on Twitter over the last couple days about maybe the Cowboys should take a Kyle Pitts or Jalen Waddle at 10, build up the offense, and then use the rest of the picks on defense. Other people think you, you can't spend that, you know, a top pick on offense. What is your belief on team building that way? Uh, well, first of all, I don't know that there's one answer. You know, I think that that uh, I think that there are certainly several ways to do it, and both ways have or multiple ways have shown to be uh, capable of of getting you and winning a Super Bowl. I think if we're talking about what's best for the Cowboys or where the Cowboys are closest to, I think the idea of building an offensive juggernaut and having a defense that is good enough is probably the quickest way to get there just because they're already close you know they already sure. have an offense sure. that's probably top five just as it is um and you know we'll see what happens with another year of continuity there um i i think that you know there is something to the idea that when you get into the later part of the playoffs that you have to find multiple paths to victory because ultimately what happens is when you start playing some of these better teams in the playoffs you have to find a way to win you know left-handed or however you want to talk about it because teams are are really good at that level uh taking away what you do best so if, if you if you can't you know win the same way that you would beat up on you know the bottom half of the league 
uh, when you're playing the bottom half of the league, you have to find another way to to win those football games against good teams. And sometimes that means playing better defense and playing more complementary football. Sometimes it means, uh, you know, when you're a run run first team playing that plays defense, that means throwing the football a little bit more. And, and you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it ultimately is a, an exercise in, okay, the regular season is a lot about you know how you win normally what what's what the way you're comfortable winning normally now that you're in the playoffs teams are going to make you win in kind of different ways and ways that you're not comfortable are you capable of doing that sure. and and, sure. and getting past you know these advancingly more talented teams uh despite being maybe a little bit one-dimensional or or maybe being uh, a little bit you know heavy on one side of the football as opposed to the other so the answer is you have to have a little bit of balance, right? You can't you can't expect to be the number one offense in the league and the number thirty two defense and expect to win anything. Like that's just not that's not realistic, right? And it's not realistic the other way, right? You can't you could have a absolutely dominating defense, but if your offense isn't good enough, it's just not going to be enough to get you where you want to go. So there is a balance. Let's talk about this specifically for Dallas because. I think you can make a really good argument, Landon. Drafting one player at number 10 probably is not going to solve all the issues the Cowboys have on defense, right? Even if it's your most ideal pick at number 10. Let's say it's Patrick Sertan, a guy that you and I have both really penciled in for the last month that we think would be an outstanding fit. He's not going to be the only reason that you you go from the 31st ranked defense to the 12th ranked defense, right? No, I mean, I think for the Cowboys, they're they're hoping obviously the scheme change, some of the free agents that they brought in, uh, you know, a return to better play from some players that you know took a step back yes. last year in the new defense. Yeah, uh, you know, I think there's several different things that you're hoping. Yeah, you know, I, I don't. You know, obviously, I think the Cowboys went into last year thinking that their defense wouldn't be great, but I I don't know that they. Ever anticipated it being as bad as it was, you know? I, I, I well, don't they think also that had so many injuries early that yeah. really, just really changed everything, right? And I, I, I said this at the time last year when Chidabe Awuzie got hurt, it really impacted a lot of their defense because they were, the hope was Awuzie and Diggs would be good enough at corner. Well, then they lost Awuzie and then they lost Diggs a couple of weeks later, and from there it was just a disaster. Yeah. And, and then, you know, teams were also able to run all over them, which made them multidimensional. And, and the Cowboys, uh, you know, couldn't you know, stop the, the, the teams from advancing the ball. And they couldn't make teams offenses one dimensional when you can't make teams one dimensional. That was really ultimately the plan of the Cowboys defense is yes. to have the Cowboys offense make the other team one dimensional and then come after the quarterback and, and play heavy press, uh, disrupting their, their routes and just making their life right. uncomfortable as they try to move down the football move the football down the field if the Cowboys can't make teams one-dimensional with their offense um, then they have to find a way to make them one-dimensional with their defense because I think that that ultimately this defense is not built to play in 60-minute defensive slugfest I I think that's that's where we are as far as the the line of the goal of the defense they, they're just not built that way they have they need to be able to survive uh uh you know a, a that kind of game early on you know maybe the first half they need to be able to stop teams that are trying to keep them uh the cowboys offense off the field by running the football they need to be able to stop the run and and, and get 
the Cowboys back the football, but they but they aren't going to be able to if the Cowboys offense can't produce, they can't score. This defense is not really going to be the kind of defense that's going to be able to hold uh, a shutout for for four quarters. Maybe they can cause a turnover. Maybe they can light a spark. You know, maybe they can do things sure, to kind sure. of get the football back to their team to score points. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the heavy lifting for this team is going to need to be done by the offense, and then the defense is going to need to play. You know, kind of more complementary and, and limiting other teams from scoring quickly so that the Cowboys can just keep a, a maintain a lead throughout the game. So what I'm hearing from you, Landon, is you would be fine with the Cowboys taking an offensive weapon or an offensive lineman at number 10. I mean, I, I certainly don't have a problem with it. I mean, it, yeah. if, if if they're the best player available, if, if, if Pitts is there and, you know, I – it would be hard for me to say no. I think you, you you have to you have to do a lot of gymnastics to kind of get things where you want them with the rest of your with your defense at that point, and, and now it becomes a little sure, bit dire. Sure. Uh, but I think that you know the the room the margin for error it becomes a, a little bit wider by having a guy like Pitts in there because you you have that much more talent on offense, that much more ability to move the football and score points. So. Uh, I, I'm not opposed to it at, at all, especially if it's it's a, a real elite talent. I just think that if you do it, uh, you've got a lot of work to do with the rest of your draft. So uh, the reason why we're considering Pitts and not like a Jamar Chase or a Devontae Smith or a Jalen Waddle at 10 is because we feel like those are really good players, but they're not overwhelmingly going to be the best player on the on the board, right? I think even the biggest Chase fan, and I'm a big Chase fan, I don't think there's a huge difference between like Sertan and Chase. Uh, but I do maybe think there's a, you know, a whole tier difference between like Pitts and Sertan. And that's the only reason why, or why we would be considering taking a tight end at number 10, correct? Yeah, and I think that plus the fact that, I mean, because he's a tight end, it's even easier to fit him into the offense that you already have, right? Yeah, like you, I yeah. mean, I, I love Blake Jarwin, but Jarwin is the most replaceable of your skill players. And so yes, yes. Uh, I think that it just becomes a very easy fit to suddenly have basically elite skill players across the board. <laughs> Just want to take a quick break to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's move on to a question from Matt. Uh, give us some dark horse candidates for the Cowboys at number 10 if they are wiped out. That doesn't seem very likely that they get wiped out, but let's say they go off the board a little bit and they, it's not Patrick Sertan and it's not Rashawn Slater. Who are a couple guys that you could see the Cowboys picking there that maybe would shock some people some? I, mean, I don't know anyone that's going to shock anybody. Um, 
you know, maybe J.C. Horn. I mean, he's another guy who's there. I, I still don't think you can completely rule out Aziz Ojolari. Um, you know, I, I think you could – look, I mean, they may be more interested in the tackles than we realize, you know. So maybe uh, uh, if Sewell's gone and Slater's gone, which I, that could be possible – Maybe they're looking at a guy like Derisaw, or maybe. But you know, the funny thing is, if if Suell and Slater are gone, that probably means Sertan and Horner there, right? That's the that's hard part true. when you're picking. Yeah, I mean, that's that, the thing about finding this is that it, you know, even in this exercise, it's not exactly easy to find a a, a scenario well, where the Cowboys are completely wiped out. You know, it's well, like, I didn't say last year when the Cowboys were picking at seventeen. That's a little harder because you just don't know what's going to happen in the teens. But listen, as we sit here on March thirtieth. <laughs> There's probably going to be four quarterbacks at the very least that go inside the top nine picks. And I would bet by the time it's said and done that it's five. I agree. I think Sewell will be one of the other non-quarterbacks. I would guess Chase would be another non-quarterback and probably Kyle Pitts. So you're talking about Sertan and Horn probably being the guys that the Cowboys would consider. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's real. This in this year, maybe more than any other year in a long time. Uh, you have a very good feeling for how the. Well, I mean, you, you basically know at least what position the first three are going, and for the first time in maybe ever. Uh, and then I think you feel pretty good that you're going to have at least one more quarterback going in that top five, if not mm-hmm. two more. Uh, and then that leaves, you know, the, the, obviously that you still have another three skill players who are at, at least three skill players who are ranked higher than, than yeah, uh, yeah. the rest of your defensive players. So uh, these are also these are obviously very interesting uh, 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 topics to have in conversations. But the truth of the matter is, is that the Cowboys are in a position where I think that they probably can safely build a board of three or four players at that yeah. fifth pick and, and feel like the, one of those guys is going to be there. Uh, the only other name that I would mention would be like Christian Barmore, just because the defensive tackles in this class are so bad, right? And he is the only one really that I see with high-end pass rushing potential. He's got more size than like a Neville Gallimore or Tristan Hill. I would not like that pick at 10. I think that's a, a big overreach. But if you're just drafting based on where a need is at and maybe where the position is a little, a little scarce, I think Barmore uh, maybe makes some sense. Um, let's get to some other questions, Landon. And I'm actually not sure if you have watched this guy, so I'm curious to hear just your general thoughts on the position. Uh, this one comes from a guy named Magneto on Twitter. Uh, he says, does Dallas's interest in tight end Brevin Jordan mean they're also interested in Kyle Pitts? I want to talk about Brevin Jordan for a second because uh, he had his pro day on Monday uh, in his Zoom after the workout. They asked him which teams are the most interested in him, and the first name out of his mouth was Dallas. He said the Cowboys tight end coach uh, really loves him. He spent a lot of time talking to them about where he would fit into the offense. Uh, I find that really interesting. Brevin Jordan actually did not test very well yesterday, and it's very surprising. Six foot three, excuse me, six foot two, 249 pounds. Uh, tested in like the 40th percentile of athletes for tight end. Uh, first and foremost, have you watched Brevin Jordan, uh, and how do you think he would fit into this offense? I've seen, I've seen him. I haven't like studied him, but I've seen him play yeah. before. Okay. Um, I mean, he's uh, give me those numbers again. He's six two. What? Six, six two two forty nine. He ran a four seven official, uh, and then the broad jump, vertical jump, and shuttles all well below average. All right, Marcus. Take away the position that is listed at. What what does that sound like to you? 
A fullback? That sounds like a fullback to me. Well, and if listen, if you watch Brevin Jordan on tape, he's really an H-back, right? Yep. I Don't compare him to these other tight ends like Kyle Pitts. Compare him to the guys that are doing a lot of things in the backfield, right? I think like even an Irv Smith type of tight end that came out of Alabama a couple of years ago, right? Yep. This sawed-off tight end that can do stuff in the backfield as a blocker. At the high end is like the, the Kyle Hughes-check version of that, right? Yep. Yep. I do think the Cowboys are interested in having that type of player, especially for the run game, right? If you want to run a lot of this like wide zone stuff, you need to have these guys that can play kind of detached from the line of scrimmage and can make blocks. He can do that, and I think he's a very interesting uh, target. I agree. And I think that's, you know, that's probably where they're looking at him. I mean, I think this is, you know, they like the two guys they have, the, the big, tall, you know, inline tight ends. What they're missing is, is the fullback type, the guy that can be that third tight end that can, yes. you know, be an H-back, that can be your utility guy. Uh, and, you know, a 6'2", 250-ish pound guy, mm-hmm. that sounds like exactly the type of guy you're looking for. Someone who can uh, get low and, and dig out linebackers in a hole if he needs to, who can also, uh, like you said, get wide and wide zone and, and, and be kind of that inline guy uh, or the, 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 the motion move tight end. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the Cowboys are, are probably in the market for uh, uh, to draft a tight end somewhere yes. in this draft. I mean, I, I think and, – and I would th- say that – in the in the scheme of 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 offensive players that are going to get drafted the cowboys probably will draft a tight end higher than than maybe any position other than ta- than tackle right yeah. like yeah i, I think well dalton schultz is like, a free agent right yep. and and blake jarwin's coming back from a torn acl and really doesn't block listen They've i got snaps I know, here for for a t- third tight end yes, to come in and yes. play basically yes and if you draft this guy i i think my guess is the third round is where you start considering these guys, right? It, it, third, fourth round, you've got a comp pick at 99. I don't know if Brevin Jordan lasts that long, but I do think this is the type of player that I'm really interested in. And I, I'm i a Brevin Jordan fan. I think anybody who follows me on Twitter knows this. He just didn't test well. But when you see him on the field, he is phenomenal. He averaged over 15 yards per catch in college, and a lot of it landed was as an H-back where he's going to the flats and he catches a pass and he's able to make a guy miss and get up the field. I think in a Cowboys offense that has a lot of guys that are vertical, right, with CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Gallup, having somebody that can be dynamic in the flat like that is going to have a lot of value. And I think 75, 99 is when you start considering that type of player. Absolutely, I think I think the Cowboys used did a lot of that. I mean, look at how useful Schultz was in taking yes, yes. dump off pats to the flat and then getting up field quickly and getting yards. So, yeah, I think Brevin could definitely be a guy who, who could uh, leverage some of those plays. All right, let's get to a different question. This one from at Kevin Paul TX. Uh, he wants to know: It is looking like the Penny Suel love is fading among some draft experts. That is actually very much the case right now, Landon. I saw Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network, Network has Penny Suel uh, outside his top ten. Lance Zerline of NFL Network has him outside of the top ten. Mel Kiper is dropping him on some boards, so it's looking very likely that he's going to get past the Bengals at number five, past the Dolphins at number six. Uh, and potentially in range for the Cowboys. So I'm going to ask you this question coming off this question uh, from Kevin. If Sewell and Sertan are both on the board at number 10, where do you think the Cowboys go? Not who do you want them to pick, but where do you think the Cowboys go? I, you know, I think it's tough to say at this point. I mean, I, 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 
the one thing that's interesting here is that it, it does seem it seems to be like a universal moving of his draft stock which to me reads like people got updated information on him yeah right yeah like it's it's well, like it's it's not coordinated but it's it's not coincidence either that that they all seem to move him down their board at once right well I th- here's what i think is happening right because i saw an albert breer piece from sports illustrated yesterday the dolphins traded up to number six with the assumption that jamar chase is going to be gone to the Bengals at five and if they take a receiver. Okay, we're already we're sitting at number seven. Detroit's got their offensive tackles. We'll see what Carolina does. I think they're going to move up to get a quarterback. I think it's very likely that we're going to get past the top five or six picks, and Suell is still going to be on the board. Yeah, and if it's just a case of draft sequencing and and a reaction to what's happened in the last week as far as trades and positioning in in the draft, that's one thing. I, I mean, I. Look, I mean, I, you watch the tape and you, you look at the kid. He's 20 years old. I mean, it's hard not to be excited about his talent. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't feel any different about the player. My concern is that all this smoke is uh, is not just related to uh, the the draft sequence, not just related to the positioning, uh, that it's some sort of information dump that, 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 that these media guys are getting. I mean, these are all very plugged in media guys to teams. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's just, it, my concern is that it, it has been a, an update of information from the teams about how NFL teams feel about, about Penny Sewell and that, that there's something that we're not aware of that we're missing. So it's, I mean, if, if Sewell is there, you're taking him no matter what, no matter who else is on the board. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Pitts may make me think <laughs> made me think twice about it, but I can't see a world where both of those guys are on. No, no, no it, that's not very likely. Um, I don't know how I feel about that one, to be honest, because if you draft Sewell at 10, great. You have your future left tackle. Maybe you play him at guard. We still have a lot of issues at cornerback, right? And it's the same thing with Pitts. I mean, it's you know, the same like, exact thing yeah. as Pitts, right? You so. can do it. You, you can do it, but if you do it, you've got a lot of work to do with the rest of your draft, and 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 you can't. It, it, it the margin of error for your draft just got a lot smaller. You know. See, here's the thing with Sewell versus Pitts is I feel like, and maybe I'm, I'm I'm being too optimistic here, but I feel like the offensive tackle position is far more set in stone than what the tight end position is all right like for this year if, for sure yeah and if tyron and lyle are healthy those guys are great and lyle's very young tyron smith is about 30 years old i i don't know it's 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 going to be fascinating I, i'm i'm really curious to see where Pede suel lands because it does sound like there's a chance that he gets to the cowboys at number 10 and if you would have told me that two months ago i never ever would have believed you Just wanted to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. 
We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake. Go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Uh, Let's get to a couple more questions. This one from at JJ Murrah 4. Demarcus Lawrence will turn 29 this season. Is the 2021 NFL draft too soon to look for his replacement in the early rounds? Personally, I'd wait another draft, but wanted to know your guys' opinion. It's not too soon. No. I mean, I think you can start looking at guys. The pass rushers is one of those positions you can almost never have enough or Always. too much. Yes, yes. So, uh, you know, I'm I, if you think that – Lawrence is getting closer to the the end of his career than, or at least to the point where he needs more and more help. Then you need to get it now. Like, you, yeah, you, you don't want to. The thing wait is, in this draft, happens. though, I don't think you can wait to the second round because I don't think I don't think the pass rushers that are going to well, be there. I, I mean, as far I, as help for this year, for sure. But well, I, think I even mean like help for future. Like, who do you like that's in the second and third round? I mean, I like Roche. I, I like. I, I think some I mean, of I these like guys Roche. like. I think. I think these some of these guys like Rumpf. You know, some of these. I think Chris Rumpf. The, yep. The 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 defensive the the defensive end the pass rusher group. It's not great at the top, but I think it's really good in the middle. I think that there's like a, a, a four or five guys <laughs> that I think you could bring in. You know, maybe they're not exact matches for Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, you know, what's uh, it's. Taron uh, Arm is it Taron Armstrong? It was the the kid from Coastal Carolina. The, the Jackson, Taron Jackson, Taron yeah. Jackson, yeah, Taron Jackson, who yeah. looks it looks tested just like Demarcus yeah. Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, you could probably get him in the fifth or sixth round. You know, not that he's a replacement, but I'm saying like if we're talking about getting him a year early and and, and being able to develop, you know, at least not throw him out as the starter this season. I think there's like guys that you can get in the middle rounds that have some talent who can give you some snaps right away in pass rush, but maybe aren't quite ready to be full-time starters. Yes. Okay. I got one more name for you before we close out the show. Um, What if the Cowboys wanted to do, (laughs) what about Jalen Phillips at 10? Well, okay. Let's break it down. I don't have a problem with the talent at 10. He's clearly worth the 10th overall pick as far as athletic profile, as far as, production as far as tape as far okay as, as, what, as what if the cowboys work. what if the cowboys doctors clear him for the most part medically if he clears medically and he clears you know off-field stuff which i mean his off-field stuff is not like i don't it's as not far as i know bad. it's not like he's a bad kid it's more no. just like pe- teams are concerned that he might be more interested in music than he is in football right yeah and so, i guess that so there was a report out there that he likes to, to have a little fun and party which he's He's, he's, a, he's a 21 year old kid. That's who goes to school well, in Miami. What are the odds? Well, uh, <laughs> in UCLA. So I, I mean, I think oh, he's, yeah. he, he's all yeah. right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's right. He started out at UCLA, <laughs> and then he went to. I mean, you know, come on, guys. Uh, he's he's partying across the coast. Um, 
Yeah, look, I, I, he's he was a very was a dominant player. I mean, you watch the tape, you can see it yes. with this guy. Yes. And, and honestly, if you if you're just doing a blind taste test of, of sampling of, of tape for 2021 season, and you watch this guy, I guarantee that you would say this guy is a top ten pick just by watching. If you're Without just watching the tape, so I don't have a problem with it. I think he's incredibly talented. I think he's uh, 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 if he clears medically, uh, he could be a potential pro bowl defensive end um so i'll go one better than that i think he's a potential all pro defensive end if you if he was completely healthy with no off the field stuff he is very similar to the bosa brothers in terms of size and production and here's here's the difference he is far more athletic than those guys like you saw the numbers at the the pro day yesterday were just absolutely absurd uh, absurd and the thing with uh with jalen phillips is We've known this for three or four years now, right? He was the number one recruit coming out of high school, the highest graded defensive end prospect ever coming out of high school. We've known this guy has been really good. It just took a while before we saw it and before he was able to play. If he were 100% landing and there was no off the field stuff, I don't think he'd be an option at 10 because I think he'd be long gone. Truly, I think he'd be gone. And I think because of that stuff, you know, the concussion history and the wrist injury history, he will be there at 10. If you clear him and the Cowboys aren't worried about the the medical side of things, I would have absolutely no problem at all taking him. I I really wouldn't because I think you can find a good corner in the second. You're not going to find a defensive end like this at number 44. Agreed. Totally. And it's all about – it's all about – that's the problem with Jalen Phillips in general is that everything that's truly going to affect how far down he gets drafted is stuff that we don't really have a lot of information on. So All right, so so let me ask you this before we head out. Uh, let's say the Cowboys pick Patrick Sertan at number 10, right? And then they want to come back and get an edge rusher in a trade-up, right? Mm-hmm. If you are trading up, let's say to hypothetically pick 21, right? You're coming up well, – we'll save that for later. But uh, pick okay. 21 – and you're drafting an edge rusher, who are you more willing to gamble on? Jalen Phillips or Aziz Ojolari there? I think that's tough because yeah. I, I think, I mean, Aziz has his own medical stuff, but it's ACL and it's, you know, he's a couple years removed. Mm-hmm. Um, Aziz is also younger. By he's a, a little years. younger. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, Phillips has the better size, the better it, athleticism, it's, it's, and the better production. It's tough. I, I mean, dude, does he have better production? I guess he does. It's pretty he does. Simple. He had he had fifteen tackles for a lot, fifteen and a half tackles for a loss in ten games last year. Eight sacks in his final seven games at Miami. Okay, how many sacks did Aziz Ojolari have? He had eight and a half in ten games, but the difference was and, and Ojolari, he didn't, Andy wasn't rushing the passer at the same rate that no, no, Phillips was. It, it, that's well, that that helps. So Ojolari uh, only played like three hundred and eighty nine snaps this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is not a ton, but still is very productive. I mean, both the, listen, both these guys are incredibly productive. That's so you're, a, that's you're the picking, problem. It's that we it's here, right? Yeah. It's just I feel like <laughs> this is weird. I feel like Aziz Ojolari is going to be my highest ranked defensive end, but if I want the highest ceiling and the guy that I feel that's, more excited yeah. about, it's Jalen Phillips, right? And if that's I'm fair. not having to, to use the tenth pick on him, and I'm only giving up, let's say, forty four, seventy five, and a future pick. Give me the upside of Jalen Phillips there. Yeah, and I, I can understand that. To me, I think the thing that gives me pause is that I do agree that Phillips's upside is higher than Ojolari, but I don't know that his upside is so much 
That's fair. So much better to make up for how much higher the floor is on on Ojolari. Because I think Ojolari, even this year, while you're trying to train him to be a full-time defensive end, he can do so many things where you can drop into coverage. He can be he a can Sam linebacker. Sam. Yep. He, yep. he immediately can come in and give you good snaps no matter where he's playing. I agree. Uh, I think Phillips can do that too, but, but you know, that injury stuff is is pretty serious. It's real. And it, yeah. it's it's real and man anytime you're dealing with concussions you just you, you, never, you never know. know. It's always it's one hit could be it could be it. So uh, fascinating. I mean, I, I love seeing Jalen Phillips perform well yesterday at Miami's Pro Day. Uh, I hope he's in consideration for the Cowboys at some point in this draft. Just a super, super talented player. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.